Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast, where we are coming at you live and in video. You know, so you can see all sorts of fun stuff, like at some point we'll talk about Italy, which you can see just over, nope, this shoulder, still back. <laughs> Joining me as always from the other side of the country, up bright and early, I think you saw his Rockstar can there. Just Rockstar t- today, spread, or did you pour a little Gatorade in there? No, I have this new thing. They're called Sparkling Ice. They have less caffeine, Ooh. so I can drink them more during the day, but I don't get like too wired up. So that's, that's my fancy. new thing going on here. Anybody from Sparkling Ice is watching, we, uh, you know, we don't mind advertising, obviously. <laughs> now, joining us from north of the border, and I think watching the Jeannie Bouchard Teague match right now, Jorge, what it's like, are you nervous for um, Canada's first chance at a tennis championship this year? <laughs> I can't believe it, man. This is incredible. How about 2020 for you? Jeez, he Bouchard <laughs> set away from winning a freaking title. Down a break in the second, but we'll keep our fingers crossed and continue to follow that action just a little bit. Um, we're here to talk about Rome, obviously, but before we do, let's jump into the week that was a really impressive fortnight of tennis, actually, two weeks of the U.S. Open. The final was yesterday. Vika, not Vika, folks, I'm doing better. Vika Azarenka wins the first set in impressive fashion, gets a break early in the second, but Naomi Osaka in true, truly impressive fashion for me to watch a young person um, meditate, be able to kind of get control of herself, gets focused, gets the break back, and plays two pretty impressive sets of tennis. I'll start with you, Spread. What did you see? What did you enjoy? And uh, how much praise should we be heaping on the now three-time Grand Slam champion or major champion? Yeah, I mean, the match was on a racket. When she lost that first set, I, you know, I, I messaged you guys, you know, the Osaka sprays in effect, and, and that's what happened. And I remember before she won her first U.S. Open, that was the reason I would never back her is because um, this spray would just show up at any time. Um, where she's just consistently long on her ground strokes. Um, for her to rein that in uh, against a player such as Vika and then be able to pull it out on the uh, big stage, regardless of how many uh, people were in the crowd, I thought was quite impressive. And, uh, boy, I'm sure she's pretty hyped to uh, – I don't know how she'll do here on the clay, but, boy, she's looking like a, a big favorite as we head out down to Australia. Hopefully that head sh- uh, shoots off in time because, uh, boy, Naomi on hard courts when she's on, it's probably the best player in the world right now. What did you see, Jorge? What were your big takeaways from the Open? Well, it was just nice to see her uh, rein that back in. I think a lot of us were, were on Naomi on, on some of the earlier lines, which opened um, at a dollar, I think, 80. I think it opened at cool, but I didn't get on until $1.75, but um, just incredibly poor pricing. So I think we were all happy to see that come back for those of us that, that had rather large wagers on her. Um, but, yeah, she really did find it was the depth, and I think you know, I had the ESPN feed here, sadly, um, instead of the international that uh, that Chrissy Everett kept talking about the depth on Osaka's ground strokes and throughout that second and into the third set. And that's what Spread mentioned. That's really the the adjustment was a matter of inches from spraying a lot of almost everything uh, to finding that depth uh, with her power and really just not letting Vika do much of anything and, and being the aggressor. We also saw that serve improve drastically. I think the percentage of unreturned serves from the first set to second went from under 20% to over 40%. Uh, and that's recipe to uh, <laughs> to create a comeback if you want to get back into a match. That's, that's the way to do it with her serve. It was pretty wild on the broadcast. They were talking about it. Um, I think as a rank of serve rate, first serve rate anyway, was above 90% well into the second set. Just outrageous and, you know, something that you always see come back down to earth. So a lot of fun in the final, a really great couple weeks. Anything else from you guys, um, you know, big successes, any disappointments, any other thoughts before we jump into the week ahead? We had a little bobble controversy at the beginning of the week, and that kind of worried me. Um, But I got to give credit to the USCA and the US Open for pulling it off because, um, after that little incident, which I'm not really that educated on to even speak about like the ins and outs of, of what that happened and how the rules were enforced. Uh, but they managed to pull off the tournament successfully and everyone is leaving New York uh, without <laughs> COVID, which was the goal. So it'd be interesting to see as the French Open tries to integrate fans into the experience, um, if they're able to pull it off as well. But I think the U.S. Open showed that uh, tennis bubbles can work. And, um, you know, if this thing keeps going, that might be the way that we're going to attack 2021 uh, to still have the sport we love being played. 
It's a great point. And I think one of the things we talked about, we were worried that players would really have to choose the U.S. Open versus the French Open. And I think we're going to get a lot of players playing both now, which is really great. It's fantastic that we didn't have to you know, get that dichotomy and force people to make those tough decisions. You know, yes, we did not have the greatest U.S. Open field in the history of the tournament, but just about everybody who could play was there. So it was a great field, a great two weeks. Um, let's jump into the week that's ahead. We're playing in Rome. It's clay season, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a couple weeks on the dirt here, and then we get to the French Open. We start in Italy, which again is over this shoulder. <laughs> Spread is going to start. What do you think about the first quarter? We've got Halep, Sevastova, Paolini, Georgi, Yastremska, Anasimova, Vekic, Rybakina, Alexandrova, Buzkova, Tomljanovic, Putin, Seva, and Martic at the bottom. A couple buys in between. Um, break it down for a spread. What do you see? Yeah, so I think this quarter you're not going to place a bet because Simona is just too much the overwhelming favorite, and I don't see a player that I want to oppose her with. Um, don't trust Sevastova or Paolini yet. Georgie, I don't trust her. Yastremska just lost her coach in what was odd. It seems like they split over some uh, Instagram stuff. Uh, Anna Samova, I don't know if it's 100% yet. Beckage can always cause problems, but I think the slower clay of Rome is going to be her undoing if she goes up against Simona there. Um, you know, I love Alexandrova and Rybakina, but another thing, this is slow, doesn't fit them. Um, Buskova's got a chance to make noise. She might be a nice underdog if you're looking for a long shot. Uh, and, of course, Petra Martic, who I love um, and I actually love to back. But if you're talking about her against Halep in the quarters, uh, I just don't really like her chances enough to where the odds have put her. So I think it's Simona or no play. I'm not getting a good price, so no play for me here. Jorge, anything to add? Uh, yeah, I just I think that it's, it, it looks pretty chalky up there. And, you know, Halep is that, that player who can pick up a racket and just, you know, make a run to a title, at, uh, especially on slow clay. So uh, no, not keen to oppose her. Also not keen to back her either, though. Yeah, I'm seeing the best price I'm looking at is 4-1 to one at Bet365. It was actually one of those situations I know we try to talk about not taking 5 or 6-1s. to ones. I wonder if there was a chance for us to get um, a number like that, especially in a tournament where she gets a buy. But at 4-1, to one, the best price available, and I'm seeing plus 275 or a little less than 3-1 to one elsewhere. Um, not too much there. So let's jump into the second quarter. The name that I like that always sticks out to me, I had her in the U.S. Open, was actually pretty disappointed by her performance. But like her this week, Sophia Kennan has a bye. She's in the second quarter with Azarenka, Venus Williams, um, Siniakova, Kerber, Muguruza, Sloane Stevens, Ons Jabor, Coco Goff, uh, Kocharetta, and Kanta, as well as at least two qualifiers. I see, yep, two qualifiers in there. I just... I, I think that's a really good number on Canon. I'm seeing 18 to one. As I start to look at her draw, she has a buy Venus Williams, maybe Azarenka, you know, if, if she gets there on time and is feeling good, then you look at maybe Kerber, someone who has a very similar game, but I think Kennan's maybe an, a little better form in general, maybe just a little better shape. Um, and, you know, might just be more focused as opposed to maybe thinking ahead to the French open. Um, as you start to look at the bottom half of the quarter, a lot of uncertainty, Muguruza, Stevens, Again, we don't really know what to expect from them there. Muguruza came out, really struggled in her first match in the U.S. Open. Lost. She now has a long layover there, and this will be her first time on clay this year. Um, Sloan Stevens continues to underwhelm. Um, Jabour's game, I think, translates okay to clay. And Jorge, I'll tag you in just a second to talk about another player you like, and maybe I'll just ask you that. What do you think about Jabour's chances here? Does her game translate well to clay? I don't know of her too much on the dirt. Uh, I'm. I, you'd think so because of the variety that she possesses, but she hasn't necessarily had tremendous success on the clay in the past. So I think it's one of those players where even though you would think the the drop shots, the variety, the slices uh, would come in handy or come in useful, the the success hasn't come, and you wonder if that's more of a comfort issue for her. Yeah, yeah, and, and it could be Noops's uh, constant criticism that the conditioning comes into play as these matches <laughs> get longer. You know, you might be able to pull it off one or two matches, but then you start to play some more. Uh, the question I have for you guys, although it seems fairly obvious, this was a tougher one um, to go ahead and implement, and that's our fatigue fade coming off a of finalist uh, with Vika Azarenka. Is the fatigue fade in full effect, or oh, yeah. is Venus just not the player that you want to, to attack it with here? Yes. I think both <laughs> are actually correct. I think you're looking to fade Azarenka. 
but it's just it's one of those situations um sometimes the drug gives you uh, lemonade and sometimes it gives you lemons these are pretty sour <laughs> lemons so uh we know that jorge loves to bet on venus williams what do you think <laughs> i mean this is twice in a couple of weeks now i'll be betting on venus williams so it's, <laughs> wow that's incredible for me uh, i don't, I don't care nose, like folks She's had, I mean, way, way, way back. She was actually not terrible on clay back in, you know, a decade ago. She's just avoided playing it the last couple of years uh, is the main concern. Uh, but her and Serena are people like they're, they're like, it almost reminds me of Fed in a way. They're not, they're not bad on the surface. In fact, they, they've still won in their career more than they've lost on the surface by a wide margin. It's just because they're so dominant on other surfaces, they don't really get, you know, they get overlooked. So I have no problem opposing Bika with almost anyone, especially someone like Venus Williams here. Um, and if it doesn't work, then you Martin Gale it and fader with Kenneth. Good idea. Hey, there's one other woman I want to talk about because we're not going to get to her in our first round matches because she got a bye. And that's Joe Conta, who was the bane of our existence last clay season. So how are we going to approach Joe Conta matches uh, this season, gentlemen? Have we adjusted or was that a just complete aberration that we throw out the window? Well, this is a good spot for you, Jorge, to talk about who you like in this quarter, I think. Oh, I'm going to say, first of all, just want to uh, respond to the first comment uh, of the stream saying she'll probably withdraw. That was a concern <laughs> until yesterday. Um, so she was asked this in her, in her press conference, and she said she was jumping today on a plane and will be playing Rome, which was really surprising to, I think, anyone that really handicaps the sport. It's a really tough spot to put herself in. She'll obviously, I'm sure, get till Tuesday. She won't be playing um, day one of round one. I'm, uh, you have to be certain about that. Uh, but she is going to play. She, she indicated yesterday she's on a plane to Rome today. So um, don't worry about it. Even if, even if she doesn't play, it's also very important to note that it's un like, unless you're over betting and your bankroll management is awful, you place that bet. If you, if you really believe in the fatigue fit, you place the bet anyway. If it gets canceled, it gets canceled. Like that doesn't even come off your ROI. Like I don't even count that as a push on my spreadsheet because the match never happened. It's not even a voided match. Like, it doesn't affect anything. It shouldn't affect you at all. If you like the, the, the play, you have to play it. Tie up a couple of units for, uh, you know, 2 or 3% of your bankroll for three days and then it doesn't run. Who cares? Um, but when we talk about the second quarter and, and Conta, especially in that little section there, for me, it's Elisabetta Cocharetto. And this is the, the weekly, um, you know, Unibet Miss Price of the Week. Every week this happens. She's 500 to 1. Uh Go put like two dollars at a time on there because I've we've discovered that if you just go in and you you don't try and put like twenty bucks on it, they won't limit you nearly as quick. So just keep throwing like two dollars on it until they knock the price down. That would be my suggestion. Uh, you look at this. I, I'm I'm still not sold on Conta on Clay. I said it last year. I was stubborn and I'll stick to it. I'm just I'm not sold <laughs> on her ability. Cutrata gets a qualifier. She gets probably the weakest quarter um, for for Clay Court players and. Outside of Conta in the second round, like does Garbinia Muguruza inspire you at all after her U.S. Open? She's still working her way back into form. I get that on clay, maybe it's easier um, for her to do, but like Sloane Stevens doesn't scare me. Jabour on clay in general uh, doesn't quite scare me using a, a good young clay quarter. Uh, Goff is completely out of form. And in the top half, it's what Ken and Kerber, who aren't big clay quarters, and Kerber has that question on her ankle or her knee. Like, I think this is a great chance to, to, to throw, you know, five bucks and two or three different wagers to make sure you don't get limited uh, on Cacharetto here. Love that. I think that's great. So again, second quarter, again, I still like Ken and I think that she's in a little better form. The Kerber injury concerns me. I'm going to take that for a little bit to 18 to one. I'm jumping on board with you or Hey, there at 500 to one spread any outrights for you here in the second. No. All right, so we got two picks there. Let's jump down into the third quarter now. Um, Jorge is going to talk to us a little bit about the group we have here. Kiki Burtons, Herzog, Swiatek, Bondrasova, Kontaveit, Garcia, Parakuz, Netsova, Pavel Yuchenkova, Zhang, and Spitalina. What do you think, Jorge? Yeah, I think this is one where we ended up in, in our little uh, pre-show meeting, production meeting, if you will, uh, coming to a consensus on Annette Kontaveit. And this is one where, again, price shopping, especially in the outright market, is so crucial. Uh, you can get her 28 to 1 at bet 365. And to me, that's a tad irresponsible. 10 to 1 at Unibet is, is obviously not a play, and make, or 11 to 1, sorry, it makes a lot more sense. They did a good job there, um, as bad as they could be at times on the outright market. So, Contivate is, cont uh, <laughs> I was going to say, cont continent on play. 
uh, competent on clay. Pardon me. Uh, she's got Caroline Garcia, who's still a fade as long as her dad's coaching her or part of the coaching team in the first round. Then Kuznetsova and Para. Kuznetsova pushed Gidi Bouchard in Istanbul, but um, I think still working back into form. And then it would be potentially be Alina Svitolina, who's a two-time defending champ here, but just, you know, decided to forego the U.S. hardcourt season. And that kind of, I think in a way, puts her behind the eight ball here because she gets a bye and then she's going to play a non-traditional clay court player um, in, in her first match. And then if she, if, if she wins that one, she now comes up against a fellow seed, someone who's played for a couple of weeks, and someone who is much more competent on clay than her first opponent. So I think it's a great spot to oppose Fidelina. And likewise, in the top half of this draw, you've got Vondrasova, uh, Striatek, uh, Bertens hasn't played. That's another opportunity to, to oppose a clay court player who hasn't played uh, much. If she gets to that that uh, quarterfinal stage, I'd be a little bit worried for the um, Contivate ticket because clearly the time off hasn't uh, affected her as, as much as we thought or hoped. But other than that, Striatek and, and Vondrasova not in great form right now. Uh, and Herzog, hopefully, we're, we're, hope, we're hoping Herzog is good, you know, playing Istanbul will take out Bertens for us. Um, and if that were the case, you've got huge value in this uh, 20 to 1 number of Bet365. Love that. Love Contivate. Love her draw. Like you said, there's a chance of a couple people taking Burtons out if she is actually in form. Spread anything to add on top of this uh, Contivate Love Fest? Yeah, so Contivate, I'm in, joining you there. What would you guys say if I stacked the Sviantec on there at 33 to 1 and just hope they met in the, what would that be? Quarterfinals. Yeah, in the quarterfinals. I mean, do you think that's worth it or no? I just think that top section's so tough, especially with the qualifiers in there. You've actually got three qualifiers in there, and I don't have the list up in front of you, but I think there's actually some talent in that group. Um, I just it's just a lot of uncertainty for me. What do you think, Jorge? Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not huge. Like as as much as I adore watching her play, and I think she's incredible, especially on clay. Perhaps the surface change makes all the difference, but I'm just not sold on, um, you know, her her being someone who's going to win multiple matches, especially in a relative uh, tough quarter. There, if if Andre Sobin Bertens are playing well, especially, it really makes it hard to take anyone in that section. Um, but you know, Yuvon is just qualified. Paul Sova, uh, Roos. Well, Sova's all right, I guess. Roos is is adequate on clay, pretty good, especially you know at the ITF level. She jumps up and. She's a good underdog to play. Like if she were to be like, you know, plus 200 or $3 uh, in the first round to either to like a Shriatek or a Vondrasova, considering the form they're in, she'd Passing probably worth a look. Well. Uh, well, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Begu, that was mean. Begu is more competent than Kasekina. Uh, right right now on clay, Begu is, is, a, is a tougher opponent than Daria Kasekina is for either of those girls who will dictate the points and uh, Kaskin is out of it. And then, of course, like Kava or Kovinic will also be in there. And none of them are world beaters, but they're both they're both comfortable on the surface. So, yeah, I mean, the qualifiers don't scare me too much. But uh, I would also wouldn't be factoring them in as, as people that would, you know, upset the apple cart on a 33 to 1 ticket. That's fair. But yeah, I think a lot of reasons to stay away from that section. So we'll grab Contivate in the third, head down into the fourth quarter. We've got Belinda Bencic, Julia Gorgas, uh, Magdalenette, Ostapenko, Sue Weishay, Elise Mertens, Allison Risk, JBT, Stritzova, Kudermatova, and Karolina Pliskova, the greater, just to be clear, folks. Spread, why don't you start, break down the fourth quarter for us a little bit. Um, do you see any value? And if not, how do you see it playing out anyway? So I'm going to go chalky here, but I think there's value in the chalk because I get her at 12 to 1. So that's kind of my threshold when I'm play, playing uh, the favorites is I want to get more than that 10 to 1, and I'm getting it. And uh, I know that obviously she didn't have the best performance last week, but it was a grand slam. She doesn't do well in slams. There was pressure. Now the pressure's gone. She's better on clay uh, than, you know, than you would think considering her game. I think that, you know, being a little slower gives her time to move her feet. Uh, my main worry here is Elise Mertens because she's been playing so awesome. Uh, Belinda hasn't been playing Benchich, so I'm not, 
you know, if she does something awesome, but you know, I don't think that I'm too worried about that. Uh, Gorgas, same deal. Talented player hasn't been playing. Um, not worried about Panko or Lynette. Elise, of course, is probably the one that would ruin this for me. Allison Riss, don't trust her on clay. Maybe a qualifier ruins my life, but I'm not too worried about that. Teichman, of course, could be uh, uh, throw a wrench in the plan here. I think that she will be a tough matchup, mm-hmm. um, but I'm getting a you know, really talented player going against a hot Teichman, and Stritzova and Kudermatova could also cause problems, um, but I, if I have this Pliskova outright, I want Stritzova to go ahead and win because for whatever reason, I think the Pliskova plays well against her. So getting the number two seed at 12-1 to 1 was quite appetizing for me, and that's what I went for. Well, he kind of teed it up there for, for you, Jorge. Who was the person that might ruin that? Yeah, I think I kind of tipped it when he was uh, when he was going over that. Uh, Elise Mertens here, twenty to one. Uh, I believe both the Unibet and Bet three six five is a very enticing option. She's very confident on clay. I think she's in decent form. Uh, she's had time to come over and, and have a few practices on the dirt, so I really do like her chances here. This is also a quarter you want to attack, um, and we're going to talk about another way to a potential way to attack this in a second. Um, but there are multiple names here you could probably use. Um, and Elise Mertens is the big one. That her section is, again, filled with as and and spread ran through them quickly. But Gerges, Benchich, Ostapenko haven't been playing. Lynette, Shea, not Clay Quarters, uh, and then a qualifier. So that is a nice little path into potentially the quarterfinals there for a twenty to one ticket. You're not complaining at all. And then in the bottom half, you've got Pliskova there, but there are multiple landmines. And I think the two that stuck out to us are Teichman and Kudermetova. And uh, I'll let, I'll let Dupes uh, talk about uh, how to approach trying to bet those two. Yeah, when you start to look at the draw, like you said, we really like both of those players. Teichman is one of our favorite players to bet on clay. She's had just about as good of a restart as anybody. Kudermatova, one of our favorite players to bet in general, very comfortable on the clay. But as you start to look at some of the pricing, the thing that stuck out to us was it looks like in general, Kudermatova is priced a little more expensively than Teichman. I'm seeing Kudermatova around 65, 66, Teichman at 80. And we're really surprised and to see Teichman at worst be at worse odds because when you start to look at the draw Teichman starts with a qualifier then gets the winner of risk in the qualifier and I'll probably be betting that qualifier whoever it is she's a really easy draw Kudermatova starts with Stritzova who she should beat but is a really clever player and if she's motivated could make her work and kind of mess with her a little bit and then she gets Pliskova you know spreads outright who is one of the best players in tennis when she's playing well you know I think people think of her as someone with a big serves they think of her as maybe on grass or hard courts she plays well on clay she moves well enough. Her power translates really well. You know, having a solid serve is, is actually really important on the clay because she's one of the few players that can go out and hit aces and get those big holds. So as much as we like Kudermatova, I think with her spot in the draw, it's really tough. I mean, I don't mind the 66 to 1. There's maybe a little bit of value there, but I'm going to hold on to that money and use it on Teichman at 80 to 1. Yeah. Again, better draw, just as good of a player and gets a chance to play Pliskova or Kudermatova lately, later where Kudermatova is probably going to have to be, well, is going to have to be Pliskova then probably. Teichman what do you think spread yeah I mean I think that you kind of highlighted the problems especially with Kudermatova and why I like Pliskova to advance early um you know if she plays her best she can beat Teichman of course Teichman is the player if she doesn't play her best she's out of the tournament and you know head on over I don't know if she's doing Strasburg or not but you know (laughs) move on the way but I do like her there and then when it goes to Elise Jorge's made such a good Case, I'm almost thinking about just jumping on both and then hoping <laughs> I get an at least Pliskova quarterfinal. I don't have to worry about it. Now, circling back to you, Jorge, are you going to end up betting Kudermatova? I know I'm taking Teichman. I'll probably pass on Kudermatova. Are you passing there as well? Yeah, I'll pass on that because I, I knew we, we talked about both those numbers um, prior to the show. And it's just, it, it is something that it doesn't make any logical sense uh, to pay more for someone who has a much tougher path and, and just let. Those three are probably all um, interesting bets, and two of them will take each other out by the second round. So, you know, just stick with the people who who aren't in that uh, uh, predicament and take the better price on Teichman. Um, I, I am a bit worried about the matchup there. If, if Pliskova comes through, like I'd, I'd much rather Kudermetova uh, take out Pliskova because I think Teichman is someone who, as as defensive as she is uh, and as adept as she is on clay, she is one of those players who you can kind of. Uh, even on on slower dirt, you can hit through her if you've got a big enough game, and that is a potential worry. Also, I don't think Pliskova commits nearly as many errors as many other big hitters, which is part of Teichman's game. Um, but again, at eighty to one, it's 
well worth the price. She's she's going to have a shot at it, especially on the dirt. And if Kudrimatova does take out Plushko, which is entirely possible, um, then that 80 to 1, you know, you, you go back on after the second round, you're not going to find anywhere close to that number. So it's it's still worth it. And I think it's a much better play than uh, than tacking on uh, Kudrimatova. Yeah, so the lesson then from a macro sense to kind of stay, take a step back, guys, as we started to look through those outrights, Kudamatova popped out to all of us at 66 to 1. We like that number. But as you started to look and, and see how she stacked up against other people, you know, just because you like a number, it might be good, but make sure that there's not a better number out there. Take a look at how everyone is stacked and, and look at that. So um, any other thoughts from you guys on outrights or the fourth quarter before I do a quick recap? Nope. All right, so starting off, I've got Kennan 18 to 1. Jorge and I have Coach Retta 500 to 1. All three of us small. are taking Contivate 28 to 1. Yeah, small on Coach Retta, of course. I'm going to probably put about a unit or so. I'll tweet out my final outrights at some point with all the right staking, but that'll be right around a unit. Contivate, uh, all three of us have that. That'll probably be around half a unit for me. Um, are you guys go any of you guys going big on that? No. Pushka for 12 to 1 for spread. Merton's 20 to 1 for Jorge and I, and uh, possibly spread. We'll see. It sounded like he's on board as well. And then Teichman um, at 80 to 1 for Jorge and I. So, again, any other thoughts, gentlemen, outrights before we blast through these first round matches? I think I'll, I, I'm probably going to put a smidge on Sviantec at, at 33 to 1. There you go. Okay. All right. So, I'll add that to the list for the keeping of the records. And then we will jump into the first round matches. Um, first up here on Odds Portal, I'm seeing we've got Amanda Anasimova against Donna Vekic. Um, lined fairly closely, but Anasimova the favorite. I'm seeing minus 123. That would be right around um, 1.82, I believe. And Vekic at minus 103 or 1.97. Um, could be a fun match. Could be a terrible match. Um, Dr. Evil, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry, Dasha uh, uh, distracted me. Which, which match? Oh, she heard going? us. She heard us talking yeah. about Kasukita. No, that's okay, Jorge. Announced <laughs> to you. I just couldn't let that go. Uh, we'll give spread there a second to, to get himself together. Anna Samova Vekic. What do you see okay. here? Again, could be really fun. Might not be. What do you see here? Um, yeah, I think that uh, this is a match to watch. Um, obviously, I think spread and I were talking last night about this. We have a lot more of those, obviously, with. Uh, with the Europeans being more present at this tournament and field size being smaller, you're gonna we're gonna hear that a lot. This is a great match to watch and 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 uh, you know try and glean some knowledge from. That's what I think here. Two you know bigger hitters of the ball, both on clay. I, I think Vekic is a bit more adept, although Anisimova made a run at the French or Rome or both or something. She's not bad. She's not bad on the clay by any by any stretch. So I think that uh, this is one I'll be all over staying away from. Um, if that makes any sense, just like a very, very confident pass for me. All right, we'll go back to Ernst Stavro Blofeld. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> now that you know what we're talking about. Yeah, no, uh, so yeah, I think Jorge made a good point. These are two players who we don't necessarily think their games would translate, uh, but they do quite well on the clay. I would lean Donna, but I don't really feel like um, getting ahead of Anna Samova because she looked pretty good at the U.S. Open before the loss to Sakari in which she couldn't hit a ball on the court. So not sure what to make of that. Lean Vekic, but not enough to play it. Yeah, my only angle here would possibly be an over. I'm seeing like a 21, 21 and a half. I'm actually just looking up right now um, what the over two and a half. Ooh, over two and a half sets plus 140. I'll probably take a little bit of that. Um, I think this could be fairly competitive, but a lot of unknowns. So. Maybe a pass there, just a, a light angle to look at. Azarenka minus one sixty-seven against Venus Williams, plus one thirty on Venus. Azarenka minus one sixty-seven. Uh, Jorge told us earlier he's betting Venus, so you just you got your clip on your nose. You ready to go? Just and dive in. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 certainly got to be a bet. Um, it, it's not someone who's she's not great on the clay, but she's not awful on it either. And and it's just it, it's it's a must fade situation. A lot. And if you pass, I just feel like. You're going to be kicking yourself um, when she does well. Uh, as for a couple, I just want to address a couple comments real fast here before we uh, keep keep plowing through. The bet three six five who will go further markets are really intriguing to me. Um, mm. Pliskova over Conta 
I wouldn't like I wouldn't touch the first two that uh, Gonza Diaz mentioned, but Merton's over Vico, one point seven two. Vika, can Vika really even win more than two matches here? I mean, all things considered, as weak as her quarter is, like she's coming, she's flying today, Sunday, from New York to Rome, and then she has to play guaranteed by Tuesday, coming off three long weeks of tennis for the first time in I think four years it's been since she's made this this type of run. So uh yeah, I, I think that that would be a really nice look at minus I think minus one thirty eight is a dollar seventy two for American pricing. Yep. Uh, as for Anisimova, it was the French Open and WTA Bogota, you don't you can't count. Um, when you talk about handicapping play success and play tournaments, Bogota's elevation should be Astra Sharma uh, in that final, which tells you all you need to know about Bogota. The elevation there, you cannot look at a clay title at the 280 level in um, altitude like that and take anything away from uh, from that when it comes to WTA Rome at a higher level on slower dirt. So I think that's uh, that's a contextualization, uh, contextualization issue. But the, the, the French Open, I believe, was semifinal. I can't remember exactly but she did make a deep run there and that was pretty impressive so again yeah, that was a stay away but uh yeah so for uh for that i just wanted to address that comment real fast as well but definitely fading Vika. beautiful buzkova minus 123 tomianovic minus 103 um normally i would love buzkova at this price but on clay things get a little funky spread did you have any angles on this match yeah i was going to take buzkova so tell me why that you think that i should stay away from that and let me just pull that up and when i start to look at some of her clay stats she doesn't play a lot of clay and when she does it's not fantastic so you know someone that doesn't necessarily know her game inside and out i mean jorge it sounds like you might have something to add for maybe like more of a tennis type context but when i start to look at buzkova's results and numbers it's not great no and and that's the thing too is it's you know you take a look at her wins last year raluca serban mihaila kova valentini gramitikopoulou teresa martinsova and Shimizu, those are her wins on clay last year. Uh, the year prior, she won two matches from six. Not exactly a clay beast. Um, and I, I thought the same as Noobs. I was like, oh, this price is intriguing considering the game and the the surface and, and the, the matchup. And Tommy Energy's but Yeah, that was my main reason for the fade. I don't really like the way that Tom Zonovich is playing right now. Yeah, but you know, her. I think the thing about Isla here is she's. It hasn't exactly been the easiest restart for her. Putin save a Kudermatova Kerber. Yeah. Like, she didn't play horribly in that Kerber match. Um, she didn't play horribly in the Kudermatova match. Um, the Putin save a match, really slow start cost her. But, like, look at those <laughs> Look at those three matches. I mean, I, I don't really think that, uh, you know, you can really fault her much for, uh, for losing them. Uh, even though she was a favorite in two of them, I think the, the prices were off um, in the Kudermatova and Putin saving matches, but uh, yeah, I, I can't really uh, expect much more here from her. So I can't expect much less just because of those results from Tomjanovic in this match, especially against someone who's not even, you know, those three on, on hard are all better than Buskov is on clay. So yeah. Next right. up, George, Georgia, small dog to you, Stremska, uh, plus 120 on Georgia. I'm seeing the Stremska minus 155, so 2.2 or like 1.6. Six one point six five ish, if you will. I've actually bet Georgie already in this match, but it's a little better number. Jorge, what do you think of Georgie at plus one twenty? You got a better number than I did, uh, and I better as well. Um, I think just anything at this point on Italian soil. I know the fans aren't going to be there, so it doesn't. It doesn't really. There's no home crowd advantage. Um, but I wonder if like Georgie on clay is much better. Uh, for me, than than Yastremska on clay, they're both very similar styles. They're both going to try and bash the ball. Uh, they're both going to commit a ton of errors. Yastremska has had coach upheaval um, in recent times. She just tweeted out this week that her and Sasha Bayin are no longer working together. I, I think that Georgie is. I think this is a very fifty fifty match. So I mean, anything at uh, two dollars twenty or above, I think you have to make a play on Georgie. There's a substantial amount of value on that number, even if you're getting twenty five cents worse than you or fifteen cents worse than me. It, their value is still there. Like if you're just looking at objectively from this number, I think so too. I like plus one twenty, and because I'm seeing plus one twenty means there's probably some one twenty five floating around there. Anything to add, spread? Yeah, I mean, uh, what's uh, what's uh, Bo's little favorite thing? Vince McMahon, WWF, wrong woman wrong favored. Woman favored. I mean, how yeah. do you how do you have Yastrzemska favored coming off of everything that she's gone through? 
And that weird little way that she broke up with her coach on Instagram or whatever, it's over a tweet because he congratulated her opponent. Like the whole thing is just odd. Uh, she's obviously talented and she's got, you know, so much upside, but right now I think she's going through a rough patch in her career. And so I think that uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and take the dog Georgie here too. And I'm happy with the price I got. Can we, can we also talk about uh, the fact that that tweet wasn't inaccurate? Like he just said on the day she was the better player. That's, yeah. that's all it was like today. Like, I, like Diana's a great player, but today she wasn't the better player. I thought yes. I'm always the better player, even when I lose. Like, oh my lord, could you imagine? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the one that ended it. It wasn't even her pettiness that she's like, I can't do this anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, I'm not dealing with this at all. Like, I'm out. So, actually, let me ask you guys: What do you guys think of Sasha Bain as a coach? You start to look at some of his successes. You know, when is the last time he really made somebody better um, since Sloan Stevens? I talked about this a little bit at Steve, I think, last week while we were doing a live broadcast. I think it was for the Serena match. Um, you know, what do you guys think about Sashi? Is he still as good of a coach as maybe you mean Naomi, not ago? Sloan, right? I'm sorry. Go ahead. But yeah, what do you guys think of him in general as a coach? I think that it's he's one of those guys who the success has been there and, and you can see like he can make a demonstrable impact on a player's game, but you have to wonder how, how these stints are relatively short uh, at each stop. Like he's not a long-term coach to a lot of players. And you wonder if that starts to reflect poorly on him at some point. It's not, you know, when you continue to have these problems where you, you're just not meshing or the chemistry has gone with a player at some point that's on you because it's consistently, it's happening consistently. Therefore, you know, I, I would have maybe the first time you could make a case it's on the player, but as it happens more and more, you're starting to think like maybe he's just there's some with him that needs to be that needs to be changed uh, if he wants to have long term success with an individual player. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to guess, but my guess is that whatever he's doing to get those instant reactions is hard long term <laughs> right it's something where he comes in he can get these like huge results but however he carries himself or whatever he's doing to get these results it's just tough to maintain and um i mean this could have been a um an issue but you know i th i read you know as it kind of slowed down one of the reasons naomi left or wanted to leave was she felt that he was taking too much credit. So um, my guess is that he is a larger than life figure. So at first, especially when you come in with a player who's struggling, wants to absorb everything and get back on track, you know, that it works really well now that you're back on track, but you have this larger than life figure um, that's parading around and, and maybe not letting you enjoy your success and while taking credit for it, I think it's tough. So, um, you know, everyone needs to get better. And maybe that's something that he needs to work on. Uh, but I think that wherever he goes, we can expect a little bump right off the bat and just know that it's probably only going to be for about six months. Next up, we've got Merton's huge favorite, minus 625 against Su Wei Shea. Shea, one of our favorite players to bet on, but I think even at plus 400 or 5.0, we're probably going to pass. Anybody have an angle on this match? No. I'll just take my out, right? Yeah, I don't have totals in front of me right now. Maybe an under, but my guess at this price, it's probably around 18 or 19. So uh, pretty good pass there. Jabor, minus 196. Coco Goff, plus 150. Spread, what do you think? You know I'm going to go with owns. So I don't know if I'll bet it because of the price, but I think Jabor's going to win the match. I'm not really that impressed with Coco, but it's almost like uh, the little Pliskova handicap I gave earlier. Pressure is off now for Coco, so that might make uh, might get a little better performance. Anything to add, Jorge? No, nah, it's a pass for me. I don't want to want any part of this match on clay. Our girl Annette Contivate minus five hundred against Caroline Garcia plus three forty one. And this one I just want to touch on for a second because there's been some fantastic line movement here. Uh, Garcia opened plus two sixty six for about a second. Um, went all the way up to 300 basically for the more softer, the more firmer open. Got up to plus 500, is now all the way back down to plus 351. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on the match at all? Or, or you know, who, who on earth was going in wailing on a neck contivate minus 400 last night? <laughs> uh, I'm wondering, you know, Garcia is someone who has as much as you want to fake. Can you, can you? really take minus five and a half against someone with as you know decent a game as hers i think she's just awful at you know in match kind of adjustments or just far too many errors right now 
she's turned into almost a, a ball basher that doesn't quite doesn't hit quite as hard as most ball bashers do. Like the air is just come fast and furious with her now. Um, but can you really oppose her five and a half games on really any surface? I just I, I can't I can't be be better than minus five and a half. And as you know, we talked about got to cultivate out right. I'm not going to be hedging in the first round, even if it gets you know it's at plus three fifty or four dollars fifty one. Um, which it looks like Pinnacles pulled it off the board. I don't have Pinnacle up in front of me, but um, as per odds board or, or four dollars forty four, I'm just I'm not willing to to be hedging this early, and I I don't think she has that great of a chance to win. I think this is the rare, rare, rare time where I might take a plus handicap games for an underdog, and you guys know I never do that, but five and a half is just so much, like. Six four six three is a routine win and would cash plus five and a half games. So I'd be tempted. I might be tempted by that. It's it's a good angle. I'm looking for some ways to bet Garcia here. I'm glad that her number came down a little bit. You know, last night watching Contivate take money over and over and over again. I just assumed that maybe Garcia was hurt or something. That you know somebody knew something. But again, it's, it's getting up this morning and seeing that it's come back down a little bit more towards re- reasonability. I still think there might even be some value at Garcia at plus three forty. I might sprinkle the money line a little bit, and then like you said, Jorge, plus five and a half. You get all the way across a key number there. That's a great hook to have on your side um and in this match it's, i think that's even better than like plus one and a half set so i think that's a good angle um and what do you think spread yeah i mean there's no way you lay it with contavite here because i can give you a clear path to victory contavite doesn't play her best as an inconsistent player that's definitely plausible and garcia plays 80 percent to her best while contavite's not playing her best and she wins now do i think that's going to happen no because otherwise we wouldn't place the outright but it's not like uh, Garcia is completely overmatched here and she has no path to victory. Uh, Garcia at her best can hang. Um, so I wouldn't want to get involved. I think that it, you're right. The best way to do it would be to take the plus five and a half. Um, but, you know, most likely in that rolls. But there's no way you can get involved. I mean, I can't even believe that, that she's taking that much money early. That's just really surprising to me for an inconsistent player against a player who has top 10 potential. So. And before before you move on here, noops, uh, I'm watching WTA TV right now uh, on That's my screen. Shame on we chat. And so I go over to, to Odds Portal to pull this up. I figure we Ooh. should chat a little about Istanbul as we go, since we are live. It's not Ooh. pre-recorded. This is this is going to work for those watching live. Genie now, after winning the first set, six two, has lost nine of ten games between six one three love in the third, and that brings up the possibility of one of our favorite things in tennis betting. The three set under. So you whispered it, so it doesn't count. You can't say that I jinxed it by saying it because yeah, I heard you whisper it. Um, but Pinnacle had twenty-one and a half at minus one hundred five or a dollar ninety-five. So we can we can legitimately say twenty-one would be a three set under here. So that that gives us room for one Genie Bouchard game in this third set um, to 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 still hit. So keep, I'm keeping eyes on that as we go through these uh, these first round matches because I know that it's nah. <laughs> one of your favorite things in tennis. Hold on, maybe I'm doing that wrong. I think I think you know, we we need a bagel here. Uh, six, six two six one's fifteen. Oh, 15. right? Fifteen, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Oh, we do need the damn it. We need the bagel. All right, come on, Teague. I convinced me. Let me let me go check what twenty two was. Let me see if it was too juiced to to talk about a push. Ah, minus one twenty. Uh, I bet there there's some people that paid the hook. I wonder, and if they did, they're looking at a potential push with one genie game would be hilarious. Um, <laughs> amazing. Excellent. That's good. We'll wow. keep an eye on that spread. Ostapenko, a small favorite. Well, not a small favorite. Minus 140 over Magdalene at plus 110. How much will you be betting on Alona this week? I mean, honestly, talking to you guys got me excited. The fact that she even has a chance. But I don't think she's been playing that much. And I think it's one of those things when you come from a country like Latvia and you win, like she's set for life. Yeah. Like she's always yeah. going to be adored. She's always going to be revered. She can never win another tennis match. And she's set. And I don't think that it would work that way for a bigger country player, you know, for a French player or a British player or a Czechoslovakian player. Um, so I'm a little worried about her motivation, really, um, to get back on track and how much she's been training. Because I've seen lots of pictures and fun stuff coming out um, from her, but not a lot of tennis practice and not even really that much conditioning. So, uh she got a really nice draw here, so let's hope she can take advantage of it. But I'm not getting involved in this match. Are, what do you think? Are you gonna take? 
are you going to take that ball that he put on a tee for us with the age jokes there with Czechoslovakia? Because that no longer exists. Just uh, <laughs> hasn't for years, Fred. <laughs> Actually, hold on. Let me I turn around like, and see what's going on here. Is it still, uh, uh, yeah. We should move no. that map. Yeah, we, we should go. move there's that Slovakia. map across the country. And there's Slovakia. And there's, yeah, no, yeah, no, not even on my map. Not even on my map. I don't know how old that is. I had to. I was like, if you're not going to take that, I'll, yeah. you put it on the T, I'm, I'm going to take that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I got a little distracted because yeah, I'm trying well, to see if, if I can get in on this three set under. The live well, we'll talk about the Ottoman now. Empire next, Jorge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's right. But this match, um, this when I when it opened at $1.65, I was like, I'm going to pass. I'm going to go ahead and, and leave it. I mean, Bet365, this is the one nice part of Bet365 is if they're – if their price is ever anywhere near um, anyone else's price, you're almost better off just not better off, but you'll have a chance even if you lose a few cents on Pinnacle or, or Coolbet or or Unibet or whatever. Um, their prices take so much more money to move that, or they just leave stale lines up despite the fact that there's huge money on one side. But I'm pretty sure it's all algorithmic, right? So. Um, they're still at a dollar sixty-one. They're still way behind the market. I mean, that is a you know sixteen cent difference from Marathon, eighteen cents from One X, uh, sixteen cents from Coolbet, uh, and this uh, this works the other way too. I think I ended up getting um, some money on on a player the other day where their price didn't move and everything else shot below it. So it can work both ways, but it tells you where the market opened. It opened around that dollar sixty-one mark, which I think is a minus one sixty. Once you get below a dollar seventy-one, I have no idea how the conversions work. But you know, you take a look around. Pinnacle, a dollar eighty. Coolbet, a dollar seventy-seven. These prices have come back to the point where I might, I might play Ostapenko just because, um, even though she hasn't played since that Merco Cup, which I think is um, what do you call it? Not, not Scandinavian. What's um, uh, the the Estonian, Latvian, Lithuanian area? That corridor. It was those countries in exhibition. But uh, she she is adept on clay. Lynette is not good on clay this is about as good of a matchup as um ostapenko could have hoped for right i mean playing a non-clay player uh and one of the lower direct entry rankings into the tournament i'm pretty sure um, this is probably the best start she could ask for and at a dollar 80 dollar 77 which is minus 125 and minus 130 I i'd probably take a look here yeah, I was thinking that too. I'll see if the price continues to tick down, but it's Ostapenko or pass. Muguruza minus 190 against Sloan Stevens plus 150. So Muguruza getting close to um, 1.5. Sloan Stevens at 2.5. Any angle from either of you guys here? This just seems like a maybe watch it, maybe don't. I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm just so hyped up of hearing uh, Jorge. That he might take off the pink. I mean, it's just music to yeah, my ears. Okay, I assumed you needed a minute for that. Do you want to go outside and hose down? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you basically, you know, if you're stuck inside like we are, and um, you know, you haven't been to a casino to just degen on like blackjack or roulette or whatever you play, this is your opportunity to get some true degenerate action here uh. because there is nothing that would be more of just a coin flip gamble. Flip of a card, spin of a wheel, then to bet a Muguruza Sloan Stevens match. So if mm -hmm. you need to gamble and you just want some random, random action, be my guest. I'm not playing it. Well said. Anything to add, Jorge? <laughs> look for a live, look for a live play. If Muguruza hits a ton of errors and, and Stevens, you know, looks like she might want to play for, for the first 15 minutes and she gets up like three loves, she serves first, and it's only a singular break. I would like to see if you can get that at a much, much better number live. Um, because Muguruza could turn it around, get the airs under control, and just absolutely steamroller. I think that there's a lot of people who are find Stevens an auto-fade. Uh, I, I don't mind fading her as, as much as you possibly can, but I wouldn't do it pre-match here. I think there's a good chance um, to do so uh, live, more so. Next up, another match that I've already bet, but the market moving just a little against me here. Pavel Yuchenkova mm -hmm. minus 244, Zhang plus 183. I played Zhang very small at plus 179. The angle here for me mostly being that, you know, Pavel Yuchenkova really hasn't played much. She played one match in Prague, got absolutely beat to hell by Roos there. Um, 
Zhang, you know, again, has played at least the last two weeks, not terribly well, but, you know, I look at that and in general, Zhang actually has a little better clay numbers than Pavlyuchenkova. So all in all, I was surprised to see that she was such a big dog. Jorge, anything to add here? Do you have an angle on this one? No, I have no interest. I wouldn't even watch. This is a this is one of the few don't even like I wouldn't even take the time to watch it, especially if there's three other matches going on concurrently between the men and women. Yeah, I I'd think say you're brave because this is a matchup of two players in bad form. And the only good thing is one of them will come out with a little bit of positivity um for this short clay season that we're gonna have. But uh you're pretty brave to get involved here because I think both these players have fade written all over them. Yeah, and I, I kind of I don't disagree with that. It's just the price is silly to me. I'm not sure. I, I mean, this should be maybe minus 175, plus 150, something in that range. So I think there's a little value on the dog. But and I think totally that's probably a fair evaluation. Yeah, totally understand you guys t- turning your nose at it. Just a half a unit play for me. Para minus 118, Kuznetsova minus 109. Pretty tightly lined there. What do you think, Spread? Do you see anything here? <sighs> So normally I would think that this is a good spot for Kuznetsova. Um, but honestly, like, I, I I don't know. I was hoping for more from her this week. I mean, did you watch the Genie match, Jorge? Because I saw the results, but I didn't see the match. No, but apparently she was up uh, a set, the, the first set tiebreak, and 4-1 kind of collapsed to lose the second 6-7. And then uh, clearly Kuznetsova, probably, probably fitness issues, I would expect, or... Uh, kind of similar to the Shikori style uh, first match back. I believe. Oh, yeah. I watched back? that one. That was, was rough at Nishikori, yeah. But, you know, I would I would assume that's that's kind of what happened. Um, I didn't watch uh, Genie Kuznetsova live. You could probably take a look at WTA TV. Or do you guys not have? Oh, do you I have guys TC have archives? I have TC Does that, Plus. Is that archive I'll anything? T- I don't know if it goes yeah. back that far. I could have watched yeah, it earlier. Yeah, Tennis Channel Plus is still there. Yeah. There you go. I think you could probably watch anything from this week, uh, at least on WTTV. Uh, but this is her first match since Doha, so I would I would assume that that's probably uh, what happened. But she, Jeannie did almost, you know, when you lose that second set like that after being up a set in four one kind of deal, I think that's always tough to uh, to, reco- to recover from when you when you drop the set um, in the, in the third. So I would assume that there's some sort of Kuznets of a fitness issue there. So I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't uh, be too keen to to back her in many capacities this week. Actually, the more I look at this, and I realize now I didn't see this. This was a pair as a qualifier they just placed. I think I really like Para here. Para's um, not a qualifier. Was she not? She no, had, she had a walk. She had a walk over against Doi today. Oh, okay. Then there you go. Okay, my bad. So there were eight. Yeah. So there's hold on. Let me count these up. Then six, seven. So there's eight qualifiers in this draw. Mm-hmm. And they've placed air. Okay, my bad. I'm going to give this one a longer look. I mean, looking at some of the whole break stats here, and you know, again, anybody if you're a big model person, be really careful with Kuznetsova. The last year and a half is not something you really want to look at as she's starting to come back and get herself into a little form. I don't think that she's necessarily as bad as some of the data looks there, but Para has some nice numbers. Yeah, I'm going to talk myself into a Para wager at some point of some kind. Um, Let's keep going. Putin save a minus 222 against Peterson, plus 170. Um, Jorge, I think you laid the games with Poots, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, Peterson just continues to be out of form. Um, my Probably one of my favorite bets since the restart. It was certainly one of my largest uh, singular bets since the restart was playing Teague uh, minus games against her this week. And I think she, she lost the first three and then just went on an absolute... I think she lost one the rest of the way or two the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, she won six consecutive to take the set. And I think she won the second set 6-1. Not entirely sure it was either 6-1 or 6-2, but uh, dominated her. Uh, and she's about to do the same kind of thing to Jeannie here after losing this uh, first set 6-2. So um, keen to oppose Peterson, especially on the clay where I think she's adequate. She's not as bad as people think, but uh, she's certainly not as good as she is on hard courts. She, I don't believe she's won a match since the restart. Um, Poots' game right now is, you know, she's relatively in form. I don't think she really cares what surface she's on, um, considering her game can play to both. And I think that she's going to be able to uh, to win this fairly comfortably. I would look for like a 6-3, 6-3. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw uh, a 6-2 or a carb set in there as well, considering how consistent she can be. Um, and how Peterson will, A, be the one without the errors, and B, will be the one totally out of form. So this looks like a really nice uh, spot to back a favorite here on the uh, minus hand, uh, games handicap. 
Hey, I'm seeing a cheap minus four at Bookmaker one is one of three. I'll be adding that as soon as we get done. Are you joining us, Fred? Yeah, and my question for you guys is just probably a little more long term. Does Peterson ever get back? Because she was struggling before this with injury. She had a lot of time off to rehab. And I'll tell you what, I haven't been impressed with what I've seen. Is this kind of like the end of the line for uh, for a pretty solid WTA player that might just be uh, physically past it? I think we've seen time and time again in the WTA that no one's really done until yeah. they're until they're actually done. Maybe right. she just needs to shut it down for the rest of the year and really, you know, kind of go away, figure out what's going on with her body. You start to look at it. It's a lot of soft tissue injuries, a lot of hips and knees and ankles and stuff that tells me that maybe there's some sort of balance issue or some sort of smaller muscle kind of thing. You know, things, you know, spread. I know you're familiar with in the NBA guys who have like all these knee issues in high school and stuff when they go through those growth spurts and then they get to the NBA and some doctors like, well, of course you, your knees hurt all the time. You're like walking wrong. You know, yeah. doing something like that. So it seems like maybe there's something there, but, you know, best of luck to her. And I hope she does get back in a form, but I think there's always time in the WTA. Yeah, she's like 25 years old, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Rybakina minus 152, Alexandrova plus 118. This should be pretty fun. Second time they played this year. Actually, third time they played this year? I'm trying to remember. I know they played once already, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, Rybakina, uh, again, minus 150. What do you see in here, Spread? Mm, I like Alexandrova, but I don't think I'm going to bet it. So, But, yeah, you know, Alexandrova is one of my favorites. So, um, yeah. This but I don't know, I, but that's not a good price. What do you think, Jorge? I'd go the other way. I think that um, all things considered, um, last time Rybakina had played, and it was on a hard court, and I think they shift to clay, and I think, both are probably more proficient on hard courts, but Rybakina yeah, loses definitely. less on, on clay than Alexandrova loses. So, And why do you um, say that? Just because I think she's way more proficient and her game is more well-rounded uh, to okay. make the adjustment, whereas Alexandrova still has to rely on kind of hitting through the ball and hitting through the clay, uh, which is going to be much tougher. So I think the pricing, yeah. the pricing was around this, if I'm not mistaken, at, at, was it Cincinnati or the U.S. Open they played on a hard court? I think Rybakina was like minus 135, and she was minus 135 last night. As well, so I think at the same pricing, but on a different surface that I think favors Rybakina a bit more. It's in, it's interesting um, to see the books uh, price it again that way. But um, I, I'm on the I have the same thought process as spread just with the other player. I lean That's towards cool. Rybakina, but I'll pass. Savastava so minus two thirty eight, Paolini plus one seventy seven. Always tough when Savastava is that big of a favorite, but this is her better surface, I believe. Um, any angles from either you on this match? It's got to be dog or pass, but I don't want to play Paolini. Yeah, I, I think that I like the dog or pass angle, but it's just it's so hard right now to kind of handicap or quantify Anastasia Sevastova in, in any capacity. Yeah, uh, It's just the form's not there, but she really handled Coco Goff. But, I mean, Coco hasn't been in form. and I mean, she is back on clay, but... You know, she hasn't played on that surface yet this year, so does she need adjustment time? There's just a lot of different factors that go in, and I think Paulini is a very competent young clay quarter, and I'm very close to pulling the trigger on like a half-unit play on uh, Jasmine Paulini. And my only thought here is I just wrote down under. I'm going to do a little more work on this. I'm seeing an expensive under 20 and a half, but I think there's a chance this is over pretty quickly, so I'm going to do a little more investigation there. That, that would fair. be my angle, though. Um, Siniakova plus 174 against Kerber minus 233. Normally we love betting Siniakova as a dog, but she has been a dog since the restart. So huh, nothing for me here. Anything from you? I want to take Siniakova, but I watched the Kanepi match and <laughs> boy, was that not fun. Uh, this player didn't look like she was ranked 57th in the world. She ranked like she looked like she was ranked 570th. So uh, initially this stood out to me and then, the memories of that match and her poor form flooded back. So I'm going to pass, you know, if Siniakova comes out and plays excellent, which given her nature, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Then, oh, well, I missed it. But, um, yeah, I'm staying away. I, I originally thought I might be jumping in on Siniakova, but that last match is still stuck in my head. I just can't do it. Yeah, hey, what do you think, Jorge? Anything to add? No. Nothing on this one. Yeah. 
Finally, we got Kudermatova minus 161 against Stritzova plus 127. I was able to get Kudermatova pretty early at minus 130, so hooray me. Um, yeah. But Jorge attacked this another way. Why don't you break down um, the angles you're seeing here? Now, the price is gone by about 10 cents or in, you know, stupid odds. Um, I call them points because it's not 10 cents. It went from minus 110 to minus 125 from 123, um, which is, you know, between 12 and 15 points, um, 10 cents on the dollar. So the price is gone. You're probably going to have to, to to buy that that push, um, that third game. Yeah, you do. I got minus two and a half games at $1.91. It's now minus three at $1.92. So you lose that uh, that half game. It's not quite a key number per se, um, but it's certainly nice to have that ability that, you know, for the same price, you're now going to win instead of a push if it lands on three. I also went with two nothing here, which clearly means I, I think that you could probably even go alt alt um, handicaps if your book has them, because I think this is going to be a straightforward you know four or five game win for Kudermatova in straight sets. I just I don't buy Strychkova on clay, um, especially in against someone like Kudermatova, who I again thought think is was clearly undervalued. Um, by the books, not not by the market, because the market has moved this in the right direction. But the books once again opened Kudermatova at an incredibly uh, puzzling price for someone who is young, has shown she's competent on clay, and against someone who's aging and not good on clay. So more than willing to uh, to to sell the two and a half games there at the time I got it, and more than willing to to uh, also play the minus one and a half sets line where there appeared to be almost as much value. Yep, I like that as well. Um, you know, again, I'm already holding some money line, but I'll probably add some Kudermatova minus games, Kudermatova minus sets, something like that. Um, you jumping on board here with us, Spread? I was actually thinking about going the other way here. Get out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we won't get the dreaded consensus. Yeah, that's I was true. Gonna say, <laughs> there you go. There's the there's it's a silver the lining, thing. eh? It's yeah, but I don't know. I didn't know what to make of the loss to Tormo um on clay uh in august so i i also remember i had strits over there as well because i think that her game translates pretty well i consider her to be an all-court player um so i'll probably stay away but if i did better i took strits and i put strits in my little bracket is that the one where she lost the first set from five love or five one up against her yeah 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 all right gentlemen that's all we got for first round matches in terms of bets jorge likes venus we all like georgie um, Jorge and I like Garcia. I think spread was going to stay away from that. We all like Putin save a minus four games. Kudamatova, look at the minus games or sets there for Jorge and I. And we all like Ostapenko, but we didn't pick a price because it hasn't quite gotten there yet. So, Jorge, I'll start with you. What number are you going to need to place a wager on Ostapenko? Uh, I'm close to the minus 125 right now. Like, I'm not even ruling it out right now. I just want to go uh, dig in a bit off stream and, and, and take a look at it. Um, but the minus one credit minus one thirty is Let me check yeah, if Pinnacle has it back up because Odds Portal says it's down, but I have Pinnacle now open in front of me. So give me one second here, and I'm going to try and pull up uh, the Ostapenko price. Apparently, okay. he got yanked uh, or pulled down at the minus one twenty-five or dollar eighty mark. So if it comes yeah. back up or or it never got pulled, because Odds Portal does that sometimes. If it's there at a dollar eighty. I think you you'd be smart to bet that number, um, although that might only be a half unit at this point. If it gets to like a dollar, even every cent at this point would would obviously get closer and closer. But like minus one twenty or dollar eighty three, yeah, it's back up at a dollar eighty at Pinnacle. So that right there, like you can't play her on a game games handicap ever as a favorite, mm -hmm. uh, right? Because she could easily win seven six one six seven five, um, and she does it more often. Um, than others do so it's I, i'm not going to sell a game and a half for 13 cents that that just doesn't seem worth it with her so the dollar 80 is enticing and i'm i'm leaning towards making that a play right now yeah if i ever get a if i get a shot at a dollar 80 or minus 125 i'll take it what about you spread what number were you gonna need i'm not gonna bet it i'm just gonna be a big fan wimp <laughs> you're a wimp well the last thing is we got to circle back, and although Jeannie Bouchard has ruined the three set under, mm -hmm. she now has two break points to get back to even here with Teague. And um, unfortunately, while you guys were talking, I noticed that she had a tough hold and grabbed her. I got her alive at like plus 500. She's down to like plus nice. 225 right now at the two break points. 
I think. Let me hit refresh and see if that's even still the number. And she's got but, a second serve here. Teague's already double faulted in this game twice, by the way, her first two points. So, like, this is going to be a big pressure second, a second serve for her at 1540 um, because she very well could uh, hit a third double fault. It's actually a very aggressive second serve. There it is. And right off the tape, Jeannie comes right off the tape with a nice little, you know, decent pace on the forehand and off she's we go. Plus, she's still plus 180 live. Do you guys like that on serve? I do. Well, it's interesting because uh, her serve has kind of cratered in the last couple sets. So I can see why. Like, she's not level yet. She's on serve, but she's not back to level mm -hmm. just yet. Uh, I, I, If you get – I think the reason why this is – good values because if she wins this game she's going to be back to even money or minus 110 right it'll be back to a pick them for all in the third set yeah, so really no what 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 does that make the price for you to for her to win this game is like 80 cents on the dollar essentially mm -hmm. that's I, it's almost what you're betting um because if you don't bet her now and she holds you're you're gonna get 90 90 80 to 90 cents worse on the dollar so really? if, you, if you like her this is the spot to grab her now or the spot to grab her was when you got her um but this is the spot to grab her uh, moving forward. Yeah, I love that number. On serve, plus 180. I added a little bit of that, and they just took it down. So hopefully you there guys you go. got that for a last little cherry on top. But that's just about it for me. Anything for you guys here before we wrap? No, this should be up on the RSS feed real soon, though. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Like Spread said, we're going to do our best to convert this into podcast form and send it out. Um, if you haven't already figured out, this is how we're going to be doing podcasts going forward. Again, apologies that um, we recorded two U.S. Open podcasts. They were both very good. Um, some of you heard the first section of one and then Jorge talking to himself or a ghost for like 30 <laughs> minutes. Um, so given that we've had a lot of trouble using certain things, we're going to try this. At the very least, you guys have a chance to watch the scope. And uh, we're still working through converting the audio to podcasts, but we expect to have that figured out. So thank you, everyone, for your patience. We really appreciate that. Thank you. Like I said, for listening and watching and have a great week. Good luck in all your wagers.